all about kicking back, relaxing, and enjoying the show. Take the time out of your day to listen to new music and the new sound of radio. Tune in every day, all day, for the greatest hits, latest news, and community events that you can be a part of. MoncoRadio.com, where music and minds meet. It's meant to make you forget about your homework or the fact that you just got fired from your job or you and your girlfriend had a fight. It's meant, it's a legal high. It's meant to take you away from the fact that after the concert, you've got to go fight the parking lot traffic. For those three hours that you're in our concert, it's magic time. You wanted the best and you got it! Army, you wanted the best and you got the best. I am Matt Porter kicking off the September issue of The Kiss Room. Has it really been 37 years since Kiss took the makeup off? 42 years since the solo albums were released? Those numbers could be wrong because I'm terrible at math, but time flies when you're having fun. Today, I will be talking to some awesome Kiss fans about putting the makeup on about stripping the music down and celebrating our love for KISS. This year has been crazy, and I can't think of a better song to open the show with. You're in the KISS room on Mako Radio, where music and minds meet. Street hustler comes up to me one day, and I'm walking down the street minding my own business. Now he looks me up, and he looks me down, and he says, Hey man, what be this, and what be that, and why you gotta look like that? Well, I just looked at him, I kind of laughed, I said, hey man, I am cool, I am the breeze.
Kiss Army, we are back, and I am joined by Cameron Duty, and you all know him from Alive Unplugged, the music of Kiss. Cam, welcome to the Kiss Room. Hey, Matt, good to be on here, but thank you uh, very much for having me. I appreciate it. It's always fun to be back on the Kiss Room. Well, you know, it's fun. I really enjoy what you're doing every month on, like I said, it's called Alive Unplugged, the music of Kiss. And last month on the Kiss Room, I had mentioned your upcoming Facebook Live show, and I described you as having a country accent. So, of course, I got a bunch of people laughing at me. I got a bunch of messages when uh, people were really kind of busting my balls. But how would how would you describe your style, and how would you describe you know your take on Kiss? Uh, well, I think you know you're right. Uh, where I'm I'm from here in Virginia, yeah, we got. I guess we live with a bit of a twang. And uh, sometimes when you uh, when you when you talk with uh, or you, you conversate, uh, you converse with other people, I guess that's the right word for it. You end up uh, you notice that specifically, you know, at times uh, I've noticed it much more on camera as I ever did uh, just talking from one person to another. But the funny part is, is, yeah, that's where I'm from. I'm from Virginia. And, uh, you know, I'm influenced by all kinds of things, um, a lot of different music. Um, yeah, country, uh, uh, you know, any, any kind of thing like that. But, uh, you know, that's a part of me. But, you know, then the rock stuff with the um, with with Kiss and, and bands like not just Kiss, but your Journeys and uh, Aria Speedwagons and, and just your classics um, that I really enjoy. Uh, you know, it all kind of made this unique blend, I guess. And. Uh, I, I love acoustic guitar, and one day I just decided I can't sound like Paul Stanley. I can't play like Ace Freely, and I sure as heck can't look like either of them. Uh, <laughs> so I just started learning and trying to make my own spin on some of the classics and just threw it out there just to see if people would enjoy it. I've been enjoying it every month. Now, obviously, the uh, you have gone through Kiss Classics. You pull out some obscure tunes. All of it done on acoustic guitar, which is fantastic because a lot of these songs we've never heard in that format. You know, I think I think you open with Creatures of the Night uh, on the last episode, and and it was like a bunch of people even commented, "Wow, I've never heard Creatures of the Night really kind of presented like that." So I think it's a fun, fun way that you're presenting the songs. And with that in mind, you do have one coming up. In September, what's the date of the September episode? Yeah, um, the date of the September episode is um, September the 26th. I had to think about it. I don't have the calendar right in front of me. <laughs> but, you know, I've always got Morgan, my wife, near me. I'm going to make sure she double-checks that date. It is September the 26th, right? <laughs> um, for the next... It's okay. She, you know, we're always we're always here. She helps me out. And while she says that, I'm going to go give her a shout-out if you don't care. Because if anybody's ever watched our live unplugged Facebook lives, you'll see a lot of backdrops and cool designs. We may talk about that more in a minute, but she's really the mastermind behind that. But it is September the 26th and we are going to be doing, um, like you said, I love to do themes. Uh, one of my favorites, uh, so far has been our eighties night. We'll talk more about that later. I'm sure. But for this upcoming September, we have, uh, we're going to celebrate the anniversary of kiss alive and, uh, 1975, 2020, that's, uh, you know, what is that, 45 years, right? And, wow. That's uh, amazing. And when I started looking at the calendar, I thought, well, September is going to be the perfect month 
to go back and do some of those classics. You know, it's funny. We, we actually did have uh, Bill Starkey on. I replayed that episode, and, and he had mentioned November 21st will be 45 years, the anniversary of the Kiss Army. So that's, that's you know, Kiss Alive, 75, you know, 1975. And it's amazing, you know, when you think about it. But I think really that's kind of one of the fun things is that you're taking and putting your own spin on the songs, songs that we've you know, known all of our life. And I think that's what makes it so much fun. And also then the fact that you are live and you can, everybody can kind of gather around what I like to say, gather around the digital campfire and enjoy the music together on Facebook. Um, I mean, obviously during like this lockdown kind of a time, it, it's been great that you're able to share the music and how have you found, I mean, the, the response seems to be pretty great. Well, you know, it is. Um, the first episode that we did, and you make a lot of good points, um, the very first one that we ever ever recorded and, and threw up uh, online as we were live doing it, just kind of fumbling around, um, we had no idea what to expect. And again, I say we because that's my wife and I who does a lot of the video work and stuff. Um, we had no clue how it would take off. I didn't know if I was going to be playing to uh, two people or if I was going to be playing to 200 or, you know, <laughs> and, and it's really, it's really fantastic. Um, because like you said, the quarantine, I would never have thought that anything good would have come from being locked inside your, your living rooms and your apartments. But, you know, I think one thing that did come from it was the creativity and the ability to branch out and, and connect with other people. And like you said, it's t- it's taken on a life of its own. You have situations where people are, like you said, talking to me and, you know, we're corresponding. You know, I'll play a song and like you said, somebody will comment on, you know, they really like that song. They've never heard that song performed before. And, you know, as much as the music is fun, which is what it's about, it's still about just... Um, congregation and, and and being amongst people who really like the same things that you do uh and you know i understand it's it's different it is it's not the same type of a kiss tribute or kiss experience that you would ever uh you'd ever see but in a way i think that's what makes it special um in it's in its own way because we have our own um meet you know, a meeting place or hangout. And like you said, you know, I just get the acoustic guitar out, play some different arrangements and, you know, we talk about it, cut up and, uh, and joke around and, and move on to the next one. And like you said, the response has been amazing. Um, I have reached a lot of people, a lot. I never would have thought that I would have friends and listeners in any part of the world, much less places like Australia and places like uh, Germany, um, uh, Canada, you know, it's, it's truly unbelievable. And people such as, um, you know, Eric Carr's official Facebook page, you know, commenting and sharing the videos and the links. Um, it's mind blowing. Definitely. You know, and it's, it's funny because like, you know, your different shows, you have covered every era of kiss. So tell me, how did you discover kiss? I mean, you name checked some greats when you talked about some of the music that have influenced you. How did you get into music? And then how did you find kiss? Well, I was always around music. Um, when I was younger, uh, my dad, uh, and my, my mom, both my whole family loves music and like all just different types. And so we, um, 
we were always around it, always playing it. And I was always absorbing it. Uh, and, you know, I do, like I said, I live in, in Virginia. I love country. I, I'm not going to lie. I love country music. I love uh, all the different styles. And then it was really funny because with my dad, uh, is where I got a lot of my rock and roll sense. And with my mom, it was a lot of the country and even some 70s and 80s pop and stuff like that um, that she did and that she grew up on. That's what kind of molded me. And I'm also very big. I'm very active in, in church and, and church music. And um, from the get go, I was playing with my family members who were there and in church. And so I guess all of it comes together. And you have mom listening to people like um, I don't know, Merle Haggard, Glenn Campbell, and then dad is listening to Leonard Skinner and Kiss. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you know, in some way, it just makes this uh, unique mold, I guess. At what age did you pick up a guitar? Uh, I was, uh, shoot, I guess I was about one. <laughs> as long as, wow. as, early as, as early as I could hold one. But I'll be honest with you, I always dragged one around and always tried to strum on it. But I really got um, serious about it when I was about 10 or 11. Um, it's dad, dad played guitar and he played in a lot of local groups and, um, I don't know, just seeing, watching, you know, his band, watching people on television. Cause you know, back then growing up in the nineties, I'm 31. So growing up in the nineties, you had MTV, you had VH1 and you had, and, and for country fans, you had like CMT country music television or whatever. And so it was all about live programming and it was amazing to me to watch people play and then see the effect that it had on other people. You know, a good song can make somebody really happy. A sad song could evict some sort of emotion. Um, and I just thought it, it was really powerful, I guess. And it always stuck with me. And then I got older. Uh, Dad introduced me to Kiss. I found his Kiss records. And about that time, Psycho Circus was coming out and the reunion tour had just finished and all of a sudden, I was just like, you know, wow, you can have theatrics and music all at the same time and wear costumes. So, yes, indeed. <laughs> it's an eye opener, no doubt. You know, I just remember hearing uh, so many people and reading online about their first kiss experience. And, you know, I guess Mad TV and that Fox special that came out in 98 was like my Pauline Halloween special from 76. You know, right. you just, it's, it was unreal watching them. Uh, live and, and seeing what they could do. It was a whole other level. See, now that's something I'm always very curious about is, you know, I remember getting pretty much every album from Rock and Roll Over kind of as they came out and you kind of digest them as in real time, like, you know, and it might be a year or two between albums. What was it like when you start to discover Kiss and you can go back from like 98 and there's like this mountain of music to discover? How did you kind of go about sorting through it and making sense of it you know that was the amazing part um because you know i always heard about them i knew about them they were just pop culture at that time and whether you listen to their music or not you knew their faces and you know you'll know as well as anyone when the reunion tour come around it was overload um so i knew about the band before i knew the music but what amazed me was what I heard on first impression, which, you know, if you think about it, I can't remember the list to begin, you know, just the full list, but I think there was like what shouted out loud and 
Psycho Circus uh, was a couple of the tracks. Of course, Rock and Roll All Night, that was popular around that Halloween special. But then you start going back, and you understand that there's this album called Music from the Elder. What in the world? <laughs> right. You know, and, and, and Music from the Elder was, I'll, you know, I'm not going to say it's one of my favorites, but it was just like, wow, that, that band did that. You know, when you listen to... Uh, Psycho Circus, uh, or Deuce, or Strutter, or Love Gun, and then you hear A World Without Heroes. That's that's pretty crazy. Um, it was hard to digest it all, because one minute you would have Love Gun, one minute you would have, you know, just the classic of classics, um, you know, what, uh, you know, Strutter. And then, you know, I would go a little farther, and I would hear Crazy Crazy Nights. And and I picked it up in just these funny waves. Um, one of the first songs I ever liked was "I Was Made for Loving You," which I think is funny because <laughs> it's not usually the first track that you hear a lot of people say, "Oh well, you know, this is what turned me on to Kiss." A lot of people that's what turned them off to Kiss, right? Yeah. <laughs> but you know, something about that song and just the catchy beat of it, man, it uh, it left an impression on me, and it made me realize that this band is more than just um, it, one style. You know, you go to Unmasked, you've got Shandy. Um, and songs like Shandy, songs like uh, Come On and Love Me, um, songs like, uh, you know, Every Time I Look at You and Forever, I'll have that acoustic bass. Uh, you know, just that's, that's what the song's built on. That, that's the platform that they build that song around acoustic guitars and that's what i play that's what i like and so all of a sudden you know you start hearing those elements and you think you know really this band's a lot deeper than what people give them credit for well and i think even like kiss unplugged really opened people's eyes that thought oh kiss was all about the theatrics and here they are sitting stripped down you know on the mtv stage doing some of their most popular songs you know acoustic really stripped down which was super fun to watch i mean that you know that tour where they did the convention tour and they did a lot of that stuff great fun you know, and uh, I think, again, even that part of their career, it opened people up to, wow, these are really great songs, even presented in this more, you know, toned down way. And I think that's what's always been fun. One of the things that I always say is the reason why they've lasted all of my life is because there's so much variety. You know, maybe one day you want to hear Sweet Pain and the next day you want to hear, you know, Beth. It's just whatever mood you're in. <laughs> Agree. You know, you're totally right. Um Speaking of Dynasty, and, you know, I told you about I Was Made For Loving You, but when I heard Sure Know Something, and then I heard it on Unplugged, and you stripped away the entire thing of synthesizers, and, you know, the the layers and layers of, of shimmer and shine, and then you just had acoustic guitars. Um, right. Acoustic bass, and it's still a good song. You know, that doesn't change how good the song is. And I think, if anything, it brought it out. And... That is what helped me, and I think kind of helped make me make my determination. You know, there's a lot you can do with an acoustic guitar. It's just you got to figure out how to make it work for you. Well, you do a great job, and like you mentioned, you have those cool backgrounds going on, and I'm going to put you on the spot. I know your wife is probably standing right around there. She needs to come talk to us on the mic, tell her to come over, and she's going to describe how she makes the backgrounds for your show. You think she is? 
<laughs> she's going to come right over and she's going to tell you. She's going to come right over and tell me. Oh, man. Listen, <laughs> I value my marriage. And I, I want the exclusive, right? I want yeah, the exclusive. You know, yeah. she's not been on a radio show till. Until right now, tell her Morgan, I come know. to the mic. Listen, you're going to come over and talk. Well, she, hey, she's just shaking her head the same way she does when we try to get her on a general <laughs> unplug up. It doesn't, I, you know, I make the joke sometimes, and, and a lot of people uh, kind of get, uh, they, they find humor in it. The reason our marriage works like it does is I'm full of hot air, and she's not. And... <laughs> You know, I can talk and I can sing and I can cut up and all I want to, and she'll let me go and she'll just sit back and watch. So, you know, I think it, that works pretty well. Uh, I love, I do, I've always loved being around people and talking and communicating. And, and Morgan has always been a uh, behind the scenes person. You know what I'm saying? Like she loves crafts and she loves um, doing different things like that, but she always was one behind the camera as opposed to being in front of it. And it works out really well. Makes for a great team. Well, as we're talking, if she if she gets the uh, decision to come over and say hello to the listeners, we will welcome her. If not, I'm just going to ask you. I mean, obviously, you have covered really all eras in your show. If you had to pick, like, say, a top five songs go to, you know, for either listening or playing, what would they be? Listening is going to be totally different than playing. I can give you both if you want. Absolutely. Uh, Okay, as far as just the songs that I like to go to on a normal everyday just listening basis, if I'm in my car or if I'm exercising or something, I'm always going to go with Love Gun. That's the big one. I love the machine drum riff um, and then the harmonies and everything that goes with it. I always love that song. Uh, I'm a Paul Stanley fan. Love all members, don't get me wrong, but you're going to hear a lot of him. Uh, love Gun, uh, Crazy Crazy Nights. Um, I Always Made for Loving You. Um, and gosh, this is a good question because there's so many of them. It is tough to pick, and I think that's one of the funny things is that day to day it might be a different song depending on which CD was in your car that day. You know, I, I find, uh, and depending on what the weather is, sometimes I go like this time of year, I always think of the unmasked, you know, like lick it up and things like that, because so many of those albums came out in September and like the, the unmasking of on MTV was in September. And it makes me think of that. And I think because also we rolled into so many different ages of, of high school. Now I'm a lot older than you, but I remember we would start high school with a new kiss album and that album would be playing as the soundtrack to going back to school. And I think, uh, you know, that's something that, you know, lick it up has been in my car a lot in the last couple of weeks as it's become September. And, uh, you know, it depends. I think it changes my mood sometimes. I'm like, Oh, it's exactly what I want for that time. So it's, uh, yeah, I mean, I hear that a lot of time, you know, you think to yourself, it's whatever mood you're in, you know, something strikes your fancy. I really liked your take on creatures of the night playing that acoustic. I mean, how did you decide kind of how to jump onto that one? Okay. Well, let me tell you, I'll, I'll tell you my top five to play. Cause it's a lot easier than my top five to listen to, but I'll tell you <laughs> creatures of the night is close to the top. Um, and I'll come back around to that one. I love Creatures of the Night. I love, uh, I love doing Shandy. Um, I love the version of Reason to Live that I did a couple, well, last week um, and uh, a few weeks prior that I've been working on for the 80s night. Um, I, love, um, I love doing Coming Home. And uh, I Can't Stop the Rain. 
and and Molly's of songs that I love to to play is uh, it, it's a pretty long list too, but that right there is just a few of the tops uh, forever. Um, and I like doing the obscure stuff like you mentioned with Creatures of the Night. Uh, that was I just needed a good opener, <laughs> you know, for for the eighties. That's a great one, yeah. And you know, I didn't know how I was going to do it, um, and you know, I will never proclaim to be any kind of guitar great, guitar aficionado. It's that's not me. I know my chords. I know what works for me. Um, I can't even tell you the technical aspects of it. You know, it's just <laughs> it's not me. I know what sounds good. I pick it up. I strum it. Sounds good. I keep it. But you know, I learned. Um, to do a lot of, of muting of the strings and using my palm to mute the strings um, to add these really cool effects that almost mimic a Eric Carr like drum feel. It, I don't know if you caught that or not, but the very beginning, yeah. of it, it's just kind of you know, and the whole time I'm trying to keep the rhythm uh, of the entrance to that song because it's that song is very percussion oriented, obviously, but with an acoustic guitar you can you can do anything you can you can strip it down and make it a very a very solo performance but it's got to have that chugging beat to it and to me that was the challenge but the way that it come across i thought you know i might have something here um and it just worked it just worked in my own style but man it, it still has it's a great opener and even acoustic which I think is really interesting because you did, you're correct. There were comments that you did see that people said they would never have thought the creatures of the night as an opener. And I knew it was going to go one of two ways. They were either going to say, wow, I never would have thought of creatures of the night as an opener, or they were going to say, I really wish you'd have never done creatures of the night <laughs> as an opener. Well, I think as an opener, I mean, kiss had done it as an opener. I think the interesting thing to hear it, as an acoustic version that was really what like i was like wow that's pretty ambitious especially as a solo acoustic number really really you know ambitious and very well done and uh early you mentioned i can't stop the rain as well which i think that's one of my favorite that you do because that it's it's a song that i love but it really lends itself to that the way that you're presenting the songs and i that one really is is one of my favorites that you've pulled out well i appreciate that too because that was kind of an uh, funny story to that. That wasn't planned. That wasn't supposed to be on the first few set lists. Um, I had originally decided to do Easy Thing off of this, off of the Peter Chris album, because in March we had, uh, you know, for those who are just kind of late to the ball game and catching up, um, like you said, we like to do themes. Not every month, but we'll kind of do a certain theme um, for our performances that we do once a month. And in March, it was the um, best of the 78 solo albums. I had chosen uh, Easy Thing. But to me, it didn't work out. And so then I started practicing I Can't Stop the Rain. And my wife, as I mentioned, Morgan, she fell in love with it. I fell in love with it. I've always loved the song, but, you know, I don't guess I ever thought I could do it. Does that make sense? I just, I didn't think, you know, when you're thinking of, you know, Kiss songs, you know, I don't know that I Can't Stop the Rain normally comes to mind. Yeah, you think of Beth, you think of Hard Luck Woman, which we do also. But, you know, I Can't Stop the Rain was kind of a wild card. But, you know, it just worked. Uh, it worked for what I was doing. And I guess if anybody were to ever ask me, you know, what have you learned? It's just be yourself. And, you know, I think that's that's why it goes over as well as it is. You know, I'm not trying to 
put on like his show of shows. And I think that's why that song works well in the in the atmosphere that it's done in because it really puts a focus on the songs that you might not have a chance to see in a conventional tribute setting. I'll take anything off the Peter Chris solo album. That's some great stuff, and that is a great choice. The um, so obviously, like we said at the start, you have an an upcoming show it will be September twenty sixth. Is it eight o'clock? Eight o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Yes, sir. And everybody needs to follow Alive Unplugged, the music of Kiss. Cameron Duty, of course, is our singer, bringing us the music of Kiss in his own style. Cameron, is, is there anything else you'd like to share with the Kiss Army listening all around the planet? I could stay and talk to you all day. It's been so fun, Matt. <laughs> I won't lie to you. We'll have to do this again. Yeah, I just want to say thanks to everyone who's checked it out or just um, uh, put it to you this way. I just want to thank anyone who's, who's given a, uh, gave it a shot you know, who's giving it a listen. And, um, you know, thanks to all the friends that we've made, because we've made a ton. I mean, you know how it is, Matt. There's all the ki- you know, all kinds of comments, all types of, uh, you know, banter uh, in those uh, Facebook Live video threads, and uh, you can't beat it. It's, it is my version of a kiss room. I've, I know I've told you that before. <laughs> and, you know, I literally, we welcome you into the, into the apartment, and, for about an hour, hour and a half, man, we just, we play and um, make a lot of friends. And so uh, thank everyone who has been so good. And, and thank you for having me on. It's a pleasure. I consider this the pinnacle of, of KISS podcasting and radio. So to be on, it really means a lot. Well, I really appreciate what you're doing. I think now more than ever, you know, to be able to reach out and kind of connect with other KISS fans live and to have you share your talent and bring these songs to life once a month via your Facebook Live, it's much appreciated. I really, I really love what you're doing. You have a great style. And I think that I encourage everybody within the sound of my voice which is pretty much everybody, to tune in. It's a live unplug the music of KISS at least once a month, sometimes even twice when we're lucky. And uh, September 26th, coming up via Facebook Live, I will post the link in the KISS room so that every one of you can join us that night. Like I said, we're going to gather around the digital campfire with Cameron Duty and a live unplug the music of KISS. Thanks for joining us, Cam. Thanks, Matt. Always a pleasure. I'll see you later this month. Appreciate you, buddy. And you're listening to Monco Radio, where music and minds meet. I really love you, baby I 
Joining us now in the Kiss Room is artist and designer Britton Mitchell. Britton created the Fantastic Kiss cosplay group on Facebook, and he was also the recent winner of the Create a Makeup Design for Bruce Kulick contest. Britton, welcome to the Kiss Room. Thanks, Matt. How are you doing? I'm fantastic. It's always great to connect this way. I mean, obviously, we're able to kind of reach around the world and talk to everybody, so it's a nice, fun time. And I mean, obviously, I think I've talked to you online for a long time. This is our first time, I think, actually chatting. So the first question I usually ask of people is, how did you become a KISS fan? Um, just listening on the radio. They used to have a couple stations, uh, FM stations, that used to play album tracks. I mean, stuff off, like uh, deep cuts off of uh, uh, Dress to Kill. And they used to, but then they slowly took over, you know, more of the pop radio took over and 
less of the album station started playing. So I started buying the records. First album I bought was Dress to Kill because of Rock and Roll All Night, obviously. But um, that's what started me. I was an Elvis fan and then became a Kiss fan. It's a matter of collecting both throughout the years. And uh, I was hooked after Dress to Kill, and it's still one of my favorite albums. I agree. Dress to Kill ranks right up usually one and two for me. I go rock and roll over Dress to Kill. Um, to me, those are the albums to start with. The, uh, do you remember, like, what's the first time so you heard them on the radio? When's the first time you saw Kiss? 1979, actually, the Return of Kiss tour. At, uh, I had six row, just right of center at the Capitol Center. And they call it the Largo Show, but it's actually uh, Landover landover maryland so um it was great i mean i couldn't hear anything that was so distorted in sound i was so close to the speakers back when six row was six row and my ears rang for two days and i was like <laughs> from now on out i'm gonna have to wear earplugs it was loud you know it's funny i i think of that all the time is i think when we were younger they didn't have as much technology it just if maybe it's because my ears weren't as destroyed but it always you'd leave and you couldn't hear yourself and the next morning you get up to go to the bathroom you couldn't hear uh anything hitting the wall you're like where am i you know it's like <laughs> still ring your ears are still ringing and you're like will this ever go away <laughs> Yeah, it's it's totally different now. And I think my daughter always says I'm deaf. I'm pretty sure that I might be. It's <laughs> lots of years and a lot of loud shows. <laughs> so, I mean, obviously, what are some of your favorite Kiss memories? I mean, that seems to be starting with a great one right there. I don't recall seeing him on TV. For the for the first time I saw him on TV was uh, the, the Paul Lynn special. That was huge to me. So Right. Uh, and I didn't realize I had other... Back then, I didn't realize they had been on t you know, the Mike Douglas show or uh, in concert or um, what's the other one? Uh, Midnight Special. I didn't realize. Midnight Special. Yeah. And I may have seen them, but don't recall seeing them. You know what I mean? And uh, and I remember the Saturday Night Live skit, the backstage, you know, with Dan Aykroyd doing the Gene Simmons, trying to stick his tongue out. It's only comes down to here. <laughs> Uh, that Pauline Halloween special, I think that one really resonates with a lot of people. I think we're probably around the same age, but I remember that was the first time I really remember seeing them kind of walking and talking. And even though the lines are all scripted and kind of cheesy, but it was like, like, whoa, look, there they are. It was like, you know, it really and you watch it now and it's really funny. But at the time, boy, it sure seemed important. And it was I mean, the, the, the range of acts that were on there. I mean, you have a heavy for all purposes, a heavy metal act with uh, Florence Henderson singing, you know, and and uh, Pinky Tuscadero. And it, was, it, was, it was a weird it was a weird vibe, but it worked. It was a lot of fun. I still watch that. That's definitely that DVD comes out a couple times a year, especially around Halloween. And uh, it's great fun. So the uh, I mean, as far as, you know, growing up a Kiss fan, did you go to like Kiss Expos, things like that? I didn't go to a Kiss Expo until like 96, 97 in New Jersey. Um, that was the first one. I've only been to two Expos um, in 2013. I, it's a matter of getting friends together and doing it and, and availability and stuff like that. We, you know, I, I couldn't do it all. I know you you do a lot of podcasts uh, or, you know, uh, ones for podcasts and radio. And um, and you've been to a couple of Kiss ones recently, right? Absolutely. You know, it's fun. That's actually when I when we first started going, the expos were like Christmas Day, because back in the early 90s, you couldn't find any of these collectible things and you could go through all your money in 10 minutes. But now, really, for me, the most fun is going and recording and, you know, really just 
connecting with other Kiss fans and using it as a chance to record for the Kiss Room, you know, because it's a gathering of the tribes. You get everybody that you know from Facebook and, you know, take a selfie at that exact right angle, and there they are in real life right in front of you, and that's been great fun. Yeah. So the... uh, I mean, thinking of all that kind of thing, like you saw him in 79, and then now fast forward, you you start doing the cosplaying where you're actually dressing, I think, primarily as Gene. How'd you get into doing that? Well, originally I tried to start a costume for myself and couldn't figure it out. Um, so I sat in my basement for 20 years and somebody noticed that <laughs> it's, it's, not, it's not bad. I'll help you put it together. So I uh, got this guy to help me put it together. And then I met another guy who wanted to do... Uh, um, charity events. So I was like, okay, I'll start doing this. Um, that's basically it. The first time I put the makeup on, I was, it was horrible Halloween and I had a lot of wardrobe malfunctions. So I, (laughs) my first taste of it was like, eh. And then as I still do it, I think back and I go, I don't know how the band does it. I don't know how these tribute acts do this day in and day out. I, I, more power to them. I, I, you know, I don't envy any of it because it's a lot of hard work. Right. uh, um, was supposed to go into a costume business and sort of the re- one of the, another reason I did it was twofold. I wanted to promote the business, but that kind of fell through. And so I created a kiss cosplay because I saw all these other groups, uh, you know, focusing on Gene or focusing on Paul. And I, I like, I like your vibe where let's encompass the whole band with the kiss room. So, you know, everybody posts everything and anything on there, but, and I'm starting to do that on mine now, but mainly I wanted to see people, what they did with their costumes and makeup. Kind of what kiss is doing now. They're every day. They're showing some a family in makeup or, uh, you know, some, uh, somebody attributing like the love gun girls. There's a girl named Cece that does that, you know, and I, that stuff I've never seen before or the lip syncing to, to old kiss videos, you know, interviews. So a lot of interaction now in my group, I was, very surprised and that's one thing that benefited from um doing this uh, makeup challenge i met people at least five six people so and they're all pretty cool so with that in mind let's talk about that the the brush off makeup challenge is that what it was called it was called the kiss brush challenge and there were two initially um it was just you know paying tribute to the band uh and kisterious band did this they were wanted to do something during the lockdowns and, and encompass you know all the kiss fans so they did this first video and it's got over 500,000 views already. Um, it's, it's the one that took off and actually has the band members in it. It's got Maury, it's got uh, Eric, it's got Kevin and Martin in it. So the whole band's in there. And they've also done live videos throughout, throughout this. So they've been pretty active. Um, but a girl named um, Gabby Wessels posted the first challenge and she was in it. And uh, I was... Uh, I was like, I, I want to do this, but you know, there's only two days left. I said, maybe if there's a part two, I'll do that. And what do you know? They did a part two because they had so much success with the first one. And at the end of the, the second one, that's where they, um, Bruce Kulik was mentioned. And I was like, I got to do this. I can't, but what to do? What do you do? What kind of makeup can you come up with? It's everything's been done under the sun or you're going to be accused of copying somebody else. I mean, it's a, it's a double-edged sword. You can't win. Well, the good thing is that you did win, and your design was called the Mage. And and it's funny because, obviously, Lisa and Bruce Kulik themselves were the judges, and there was some super talented, creative submissions, and yours rose to the top. So I, talk about how did you come up with the design. Actually, during my walk, I do uh, uh, 14, 15 miles a week walking, and I, that's where I do my best thinking, too. So... So what can I, what can I come up with? And I was like, well, what, what's mystical? What's, what's something, a guitar, a guitar hero. And I'm like, okay, what else? A guitar wizard. 
I was like, well, I don't want to use the name wizard. What? Oh, Technomage, because I like the Technomages from Babylon 5. I like that. I said, but I can't steal that name. Then I'm like, well, how about just the mage? And I was like, what can I come up with for makeup idea? And I was like, okay. I'm like, okay. Oliver Kist. <laughs> why, <laughs> why not use lettering? So I, uh, what, what's the most iconic letter for an M? So I, I, I stole the Mach 5, the M on the Mach. It actually, if you turn my makeup upside down, it looks like the Mach 5 car. But um, <laughs> I, I laid the M over top of... Uh, Bruce's face, and I started manipulating everything. I was like, oh, I like this side, so let me flip it. And I like that. I'm like, and I wanted to incorporate some sort of like wizard's cap. So my thought process was like the Deathly Hallows, where, you know, it's a simplistic shape, circle, one line for the for the Elder Wand, all that stuff. So I was like, what's the most simple for, for a hat? I'm like, oh, how about just a triangle, you know? And, and I knew I was going to get accused of being flipped from the, you know, the jeans point. <laughs> The, the bridge of the nose is a mirror image of that. So it should, you can't tell from the makeup itself because I never closed the points at the bridge of, at the tip of the nose. But uh, it's supposed to be a mimicking, like a yin-yang thing. So it's like the white is supposed to mimic the top for like mystical balance for the for his powers or something. You know, it's something as silly as that. But that's, I mean, that's, that's how I came up. It's an M with a wizard's cap. That's fantastic. Now, I, I last, or depending on when you listen to this i was actually a guest on what's called the fat thor podcast andy and rick invited me on and they actually had bruce and lisa kulik as the guests and i asked them the question do you think bruce that you'll ever wear that makeup and he laughed quite a bit lisa actually seemed to enjoy the idea quite a bit they did remark at how absolutely incredible the the creativity in this contest and that's i think really what i i'm so inspired especially when i look in your own cosplay group the amount of creativity and the kind of just absolutely amazing work that people can do. Like I think of I, the first time I ever put the Peter Chris makeup on was like 1978. So I'm like 10 years old and it looks like two blobs are of black makeup around my eyes. I'm very impressed by those. I've seen the pictures. I'm always impressed by those of you that can do the symmetrical design. So crisply, you were able to get the lines very crisp. What do you think that the greatest technique or what advice would you give to people trying to put the makeup on who want it to look as sharp as what you're able to achieve? Uh, I mean, the Gene Simmons video that he did with his daughter is a, a good place to start. There's a couple you can just, I mean, I have basically all those on my, on my site. You just got to look at videos, uh, uh, makeup tutorials and you'll find them. Gabby did one for Eric Carr. It looks great, you know? Um, so the, any tutorial, I mean, it gives you different options on how to apply it. I know how I apply it. I put the white on first and then use the Q-tip to remove all the stuff. So I don't even draw. And then I fill in the black or fill in the templates with black. So that's the easiest way for me. It might not be easy that way for somebody else. Do you powder your face first or how do you, or do you just go right on with the makeup? I, put the white on, I put the powder on, I brush the powder off, and then I do what, actually, Andrew Scambati with his green, he'll put the green on, and this, I, I used his video too, uh, put the green on, and he powders it and wipes it away. So I do that so that, you know, the eyelids stay dark. So I use some of his technique, and then I put the rest of the black on it, and I might, may use a setting spray or something, but my in general, my black doesn't get set. That's fantastic. It's, it's funny because a lot of the names that you mentioned, too, are also people that I know that are very good at doing the makeup, and it's always very inspiring to watch. 
you know, to just see, you know, how people attack the different, like you said, I always think for the handful of times that I've ever done it, it makes you really appreciate the work that Kiss has done for 40, you know, something years to night in and night out to entertain us by having it's a pain in the ass putting the makeup on like it looks good when you're done but it takes forever and then like you said if if you don't get it right then you're going back and and you know having to kind of redo it and you know i'm always amazed that you know when you see so many pictures of kiss from generations that their makeup always looks good and that they were always so good at doing it well and they said the fastest they've ever done it was in 20 minutes i think you can tell (laughs) Sometimes on those shows, it's a little bit off here and there. But I mean, from where you're sitting in this, you're not going to notice anything. That, you know, watching them in concert. Yeah, yeah, it's it's so much fun, and I really would would recommend to everybody listening that you check out the Kiss Cosplay Group that Britain has created on Facebook. I'll share the link in the Kiss Room group as well. You really all all Kiss fans need to get to be part of that. If you're somebody that's out there that is cosplaying, make sure that you share your photos and your videos. It's a great way to celebrate the creativity and talent of the kiss army so i really appreciate appreciate what you're doing and i think that um you know obviously just inviting everybody to join you in that it's, it's great fun yeah I, and it, absolutely and all levels of makeup design you don't have to have costumes i mean whatever you want to do if it's inspired makeup put it up there fantastic so Britton, any last minute thoughts you want to share with your kiss army friends listening all around the planet well, I do got to give a shout out to Aaron Markle. He actually came up with one of the first Kiss costume sites, and it was designed for costume makers and all that stuff. And if he had, if he didn't do that, I probably wouldn't have had the idea to do this. Um, but just uh, I'll plug that. Uh, there's uh, um, Gabby Wessels who got me involved in this whole contest. I got to plug her her pages. She's a uh, the, the Dutch Fox and Curvy Miss G. Um, and I wouldn't have found out the contest if it wasn't for her. And Kisterius, because they're they're a great tribute band. They're nice guys. Four four nice guys. I mean, they're I, I communicate with them all the time on chat or Instagram. They're they're just a bunch of great guys. And that's what I got out of this whole contest. It was just really cool. Kiss brings a lot of people together. It's nice. Absolutely. Yep. So Britton, thanks for joining us in the Kiss Room. You're listening to Montco Radio. Where music and minds meet.
Thank Britton Mitchell and Cameron Duty for chatting with us. And in the next hour, we'll hear from the Kiss Room House Band as well as artist Carlos Espada. But first, I want to encourage all of you to write a song for the Kiss Room Demos Project Volume 6. If you've been listening to the Kiss Room, you know the idea behind the Demos Project, which is to write a song as if you were writing a song for Kiss. I want to have all the songs for Volume 6 in time to play them on the December issue of The Kiss Room, listening party style. So use some of this time. Maybe you're in the quarantine. Maybe you just have some free time. Call all your friends. Write and record your song. Whether it's a fully recorded song or a rough acoustic demo, the idea is just to have fun with it and to share your music. Definitely not a competition. It's a celebration, and I want you to be a part of it. Go to thekissroom.com forward slash demos for all of the info. You can also find all of the songs from Demo Projects 1 to 5, including a track by Josiah Horn called Rock On, presented in its original demo form. Josiah sent me his latest track, a song called Rock Show, which is a more fully realized version of that rock on demo. So if Josiah releases his own vault someday, you can say that you heard it here first on The Kiss Room. So check it out. This is Rock Show by Josiah Horn.
It's Gene Simmons. You're listening to The Kiss Room on Montco Radio, but you knew that. You wanted the best and you got it. The hottest man in the land, Matt Porter. Army, you wanted the best and you got the best. I am Matt Porter and we are in the second hour of the September issue of The Kiss Room. Coming up, I'll be speaking with artist Carlos Espada. But first, I'm going to turn it over to the always amazing Kiss Room house band. Thanks, guys.
You know, people, the world is pretty much a psycho circus right now. So let's travel back 42 years to when Kiss released their solo albums. Life was much more simpler and fun back then. So sit back, relax, and enjoy our solo album set. Try it. 
upon a star Makes no difference who you are Anything your heart desires Will come to you If your heart is in your dreams Nothing else is too extreme When you wish upon a star This dreamers do I think you're gonna like this band. They got the lights in their eyes and the look of champions. Real champions. Kiss Army, thank you for joining me in the Kiss Room. Right now we are joined by musician, author, artist, designer, and sometimes Gene Simmons, Mr. Carlos Espada. Carlos, welcome back to the Kiss Room. Thank you, guys. Always a pleasure. So I want to jump right in. Back in March, we were going to talk because we were going to give away a set of the Kiss Mini Mates that you worked on. And then COVID hit and kind of shut everything down and we waited and I didn't think anybody wanted to get a package mail from New York during the start of the COVID crisis. So I really appreciate you actually signing those and then sending them out. Our winner was Eric Alberti last month. So I really just want to jump right in with how did you get involved in designing the mini mates for Kiss? Um, well, I was working for Art Asylum Toys at the time and uh, we had, we, we at this point, Prior to, to the Mini Mates, we were the ones who designed the Two Foot Kiss dolls. Um, I came in as a consultant for that before I started working for the company. And then I started working for the company. And of course, I kept bugging them about, let's do Kiss again. Let's do Kiss again. Let's do, because we were doing Ozzy and we were doing Rob Zombie. We did Eminem the Rapper and uh, we were doing I Am Aiden. So I kept going, let's do Kiss again. Let's do Kiss again. So I think they just did it to shut me up. <laughs> Yeah, they were like, all right, fine, we'll do Kiss. We got these mini mates, this idea for mini mates coming out. We need something to push the line. And Kiss was one of the first mini mates we did. And actually, if you are a collective mini mates, 
they went from three inch to two and a to two inch. They actually shrunk them down. So uh, the kiss ones, you know, and then obviously I and a million ideas. I said, oh, we got to do the love gun. You know, the love gun. There's actually a box set with the love gun girls on it. I don't know if you ever seen that. That was expensive. Yeah. And um, I wasn't the only designer. We had a bunch of we had a team of designers. I was more of the um, reference guy and the point guy to make sure everything was done correctly. And uh, the guys at Art Asylum, amazing crew, amazing artists. And, um, you know, we did, we ended up doing uh, the Love Gun ones, which I would, I didn't want to do, I didn't want to start with Love Gun actually. I wanted to start with something different because at that point, everybody did Love Gun and Destroyer because that was like the height of already them being on tour, the reunion tour. And for some reason, every year, the, after the reunion tour, Kiss kept going backwards in costumes. So, right. <laughs> so, and, so um, I said, man, we should do Creatures. And uh, they were like, well, no, because, you know, people are going to want the original four first. So that was a deal we made with Simmons, was the original four first. And then uh, we did the Love Gun ones because they were the, the easiest ones to do at that time. And, uh, and then I wanted to do Creatures of the Night. And we actually did the control art. And it was going to be with Eric and Vinny. And those were going to be the, uh, the sec- that was going to be the second set of Kiss Mini Mates that came out. But unfortunately, uh, that, that didn't see the light of day, you know. Right now, everybody who collects is jaw-dropping, drooling at the idea that we could have had mini-mates with Eric Carr and Vinnie Vincent. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, well, that's the, and that's the funny thing. Because, I mean, if you guys remember Kiss Nation, when we started, we did Creatures. Like, that was our thing, you know. I mean, we did, we, we had Ruby playing Ace. But for me, Creatures was, outside of the core four, that was my favorite lineup. Because that's. That's when Kiss sounded the most heavy metal, you know, like they, the 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 guitar sounds, the drum sounds, everything sounded great. Unfortunately, the tour didn't do so great, but <laughs> but yeah. So every time I had a chance to say let's do Creatures or Di- or Dynasty and Unmasked, those are my other two favorite looks. And it was only not only because it was my favorite looks, it was because also nobody was doing it. So I really wanted to do something that I that would speak to the not the just the basic average not and not saying anything's wrong with that the casual kiss fan but i wanted to get something to get the core audience excited you know outside of the stuff that mcfarlane was doing because you know mcfarlane was doing kiss styles at the same time or well, a little a little bit earlier actually so um and there was actually a spencer's uh it never got released it was a spencer's uh bloody gene simmons mini mate that never seen the light of day as well and we actually, oh, and we actually did another one. We did a silver tone. Um, we were going to do a silver tone one with the with the uh, apocalypse guitar, for I think it was for Nam, but and that 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 kind of got shelved as well, unfortunately. And wow. And yes, I have all prototypes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we need to see some pictures of that. Were there anything like you know? Obviously, you were thinking outside the box. Is there anything that you presented that either didn't get like? any support or was like just too technically difficult to produce or well the, I, I well that was the thing with the mini mates it was um what a lot of people don't know each uh paint operation each paint color you see on an action figure or accessory adds to the cost so doing something like a destroyer was like Ugh, you know jeans armor that alone would have cost too much money so that's why love gun was the, the first choice um so that kind of stuff was always that's the stuff that designers have to look at especially toy companies because as much stuff as we add 
then our cost, the cost for retail goes up and then people start belly aching about that. So that's a little bit of, <laughs> of an insight. Um, but we also did the kiss in the box figures. I don't know if you guys ever remember those, the, the Jack in the box, uh, kind of figures we did. Right. We actually, I wanted to do dynasty. That was my, that was my, like, and there's actually a control art for that. I'll send you, I'll send you that so you can show it to the world. There was, uh, the dynasty ones and I was hammering and hammering and hammering that, but my, uh, the president at, of Artisan at the time, he was more of a Destroyer fan. So we ended up doing Destroyer, which I always hated because Ace didn't sing on Destroyer. So for Ace, we had to put a shout it out loud. <laughs> you know what would have been perfect if it was the the uh, Dynasty ones that each could have popped up with their different cape on. It was, you know, the, the background would have been their cape. Yeah, the cape and Peter's, Peter had those cool cats on. <laughs> right, <it>. right. <laughs> and, but they all sang on the album. That was my that was kind of my point with with choosing right. something rather than giving a shout it out loud, you know, and cutting those that that music. I remember with the sound engineer at the time cutting the music to fit that snippet, especially some of those like shout it out loud. That was a pain in the neck, but uh, God of Thunder, the studio version, has a lot of under nuances. There's a lot of background sounds. So each sound takes up space. So that kind of kills the space you're allowed to, to, of how much of the song you can actually use. Because you got the kids talking in the background, you got all this other kind of creepy sounds in the background. So it's like, man, like, you know, it, it became a bit of a challenge with that. Beth was pretty easy. And, um, you know, with Paul, obviously, the short Detroit Rock City was pretty easy. But uh, yeah, I, I always wanted to do something. Again, it was just trying to do something different, but also something where we didn't have to use Shout It Out Loud for Ace. <laughs> and Ace doesn't really sing on that song neither. He has no right. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's fantastic. You know, obviously, one of the things you mentioned was that you were in Kiss Nation. as And I said it at the start, obviously, that you're a sometimes Gene Simmons. How did you get started with that? Um, actually, that's a funny story. I, I went to a KISS convention and, uh, I, you know, I never really dressed up as Gene. I, was, I think as a kid, oddly enough, I think I was like, when I was four, five years old, my mother dressed me up as Peter Chris, um, because every bass player is a frustrated drummer at heart. So, we, <laughs> so we, we were dirt poor. So my mother used her lipstick and like, uh, it was red, it was in black and it, it looked weird it looked like an old 70s like those tricolor photos that they <laughs> for the for the, for the uh, black light posters <laughs> and um then you know one year i said yeah i'll go i'll go just as gene and i had a friend of mine make me a, a, a live outfit i went to a, a store i found a store that kiss used to use in, in new york called ian's they're no longer there and they were one of the ones that started making the boots back way back when for kiss before they had money. And, uh, so that was a odd, that was a lucky find. And, um, so I had the boots made and all that stuff. And then I went to one of the kiss conventions, everybody started freaking out. So I, you know, I was like, eh. and then, um, a couple of bands had approached me and I was like, okay, you know, I thought about it, I thought about it. And then <laughs> oddly enough, I've never up until that point, I never played bass or sang. And then I took a gig, um with a friend of mine and they were doing like a little kiss thing like a halloween thing and i had like two weeks to learn 20 songs sing stick out wow don't look at your bass and i had a friend of mine who was this amazing teacher and, and this guy's like the michael jordan of instruments he lived he lived with me for those two weeks and every day after work move the couch 
let's get to work. And we'd work till like the wee hours of the morning and probably wasn't, I'm sure it wasn't my best show, but we ended up that. And then, uh, so I started getting, you know, so I got the, the bug bit me. I was like, man, all right. Cause from prior to that, I was doing pro wrestling. So I had stopped doing the pro wrestling because there wasn't make, I wasn't making any money and I was just getting hurt a lot. So I was like, all right, so this is kind of cool. I still get to that entertainment bug out of me and I, I get to, uh, you know, entertain people and still wear a costume. And, uh, so we ended up, <laughs> we ended up, uh, I ended up answering an ad for a band called double platinum at the time. And, uh, the one thing I hated, and, and and please guys, don't 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 hate me for this, but the one thing I just couldn't stand was the fact that every band up until Kiss Nation only played the core four music. Every band I auditioned for, nothing past seventy seven, nothing past seventy seven. I'm like, but they had big hits in the eighties. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> nothing past seventy seven. Oh, we don't do that. No Eric Carr stuff. No that. I'm like, ah. So again, trying to like, well, how do we? So how do we, how does a band separate themselves when if you look at the time kiss had their message boards the the tribute message boards and there was 200 bands and they all wore the love gun costumes so you couldn't tell anybody apart it was like okay who is this guy is, is that hot of the hell is that this guy is the trust killer but they all looked the same you know the the the, the, the image was either the alive costumes or the love gun costumes and i get it because the you know the at that time the stuff wasn't readily available. Buying, finding a place to make dragon boots, finding <laughs> armor, like that, that wasn't like now, now you go online and there's a thousand guys out there doing it. And uh, uh, Kiss Replicas does an amazing job. I mean, I love that stuff. Um, kudos to, 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 the, to their uh, diligence and detail. But, you know, so it was like, all right. Then the, the, at that time, I, I gelled with the drummer who was Gerard Russo. I gelled, I gelled with him. The other two guys, I really wasn't too crazy about because they were they were the ones that were really hammering down the uh, seventy seven thing, and we did a few shows together. And I remember looking at Gerard, and Gerard looked just miserable because he was more of an Eric Carr style drummer. He was a double bass drummer. So I said, "Man, why you look like you don't want to be here?" He goes, "Man," <laughs> he goes, "You know, I, I scale back. I play the way I normally play. I play more like Eric Carr than than Peter Chris." So I said, "You know what? Do Eric Carr." He's like, no, but we're doing the Love Gun costume. So who gives a fuck? Let's do it. So yeah, doing the Eric Carr thing. And then that, we did one show in the Love, we were, oddly enough, the three of us were in the Love Gun costumes. He was in the Eric Carr uh, outfit for Creatures. And the place erupted. As soon as they we came out and we started playing, everybody was going bananas. Everybody's pointing at him. Everybody's freaking out. So I was like, that was it. That was the key. We now learned how to separate ourselves. And the other thing for me was I didn't want uh, uh, I didn't want to chase Kiss to 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 for them to uh, my cats over here eating boxes stop <laughs> <laughs> you know I didn't want to chase Kiss for uh, for them to say oh these guys are kind of cool I wanted them to see recognize us like that was my my goal and uh, you know my friend Ruby at the time he had just moved back to uh, New York. And uh, so I said, I told Gerard, I said, man, I don't know, this, this is not working with these guys. You know, I know a guy uh, who plays Ace. So we brought in Ruby and uh, and then we brought in another friend, Joe. And we ended up doing the Creatures look. And when we first put the first, I remember first putting the image on Kiss Online and all the other tribute bands, ah, nobody wants to see that. That's garbage. 
blah, 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 blah. So all the Kiss tribute bands hated it. But all the Kiss fans were like, this is great. You know, because the thing, other things they forget, nobody saw Eric Carr in makeup really in, in the United States of America. He didn't really tour much. They, they did tour for uh, Beaches, but the tour was a fail, right? And they toured for Unmasked. That was a flop. So, you know, nobody really got to see that version of Kiss, really. So the fans are going bananas. And it, we, we honestly were probably playing almost every, probably two days of the week every every for, for months. Every we had a book shows book every weekend, every weekend, every weekend. And it got to the point where we were playing so much that we and we would always do oddball songs. So we started doing and we the other thing was we were all bootleg nuts. So that was because <laughs> we can go, oh remember that version they did in Rio? Yeah, let's do that version of it. Uh, uh and we would do the uh uh oh remember the 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 unmasked version of Cold Gin where the three of them sing yeah, let's do that version of it. And it was great because you were all on the same page, which, but, which was also kind of hard because when other tribute bands wanted me to fill in, I, I had to go back. And I was like, wait, I don't know. <laughs> and uh, well, luckily they only use a live one and two, but I had to go back and kind of figure those versions out because we would do the, you know, we would do, and we would do songs like Domino. We would do Fits Like a Glove. We would do I Still Love You, you know, and then uh, after Rod had left, Joey Casada came in with Paulie Z. And they ended up forming ZO2. Um, but that was the height when uh, when they came in the band, we all started, that's when we were already on the upswing. And then VH1 had approached us about doing a, a documentary called Mock Rock. And um, and up, up until that point, we didn't really tell anybody because, you know, the documentary style stuff and the way it's done. But, um, you know, they, they, they had filmed us for months behind the scenes doing, it was kind of like a... a uh, behind the music for a tribute band, basically, which was really right. awesome. and but it was fun, you know. So and at that point, I had already, we had myself and as well as the band, we had already, I already did a bunch of stuff with Gene, Gene Simmons, you know. So um, at one point, wherever he was, I was, and we were doing a lot of stuff when he was in New York, and we had already worked on the Kiss stuff, and we so, but the cool thing was they never got to see us perform. So um, VH1 has set that up. That was the climax of the of the, uh, the, the the mock rock documentary. We ended up playing on on uh, which is on my. Uh, you can check it out on my YouTube page. I'll send you the links and stuff. For, you can post it for people to see. And uh, you know, so prior to that, I was working with Gene, but you know, there was one thing. It was different from working with him than having him and Paul. And Tommy wasn't in Kiss at the time, but he was there. And, I, and uh, so for them to see us playing, it, ch it changed things. It was really not as, this is fire. Like, now we got to get up, you know? <laughs> that had to be quite a thrill to look up and see them in the audience and that you're doing their thing. And I, I think I remember seeing you guys originally. I think you were one of the first ever bands that I saw that had an Eric Carr, which certainly was exciting. And like you said, as a fan... It was like, wow, look, they're doing something different. It was great. Yeah. But, and that was the other thing, like, uh, when we started playing, and the, other, the, the cool thing was when we started playing stuff from the 80s, the fee, a lot of female fans started coming because that was the stuff that they were into. You know, they, they weren't into the 70s kiss, really. They were more into the, the, the bigger hits in the 80s that were kind of follow the hairband trends and stuff. And, you know, we were doing stuff like that. And that was the thing that we kept telling. It was like, it, it's... It never made sense to me not to celebrate Kiss as a band, 
I mean, what people can have their opinions as they may, and and everybody's entitled to it. But you know, as a whole, it's it's still kiss. You know, to me anyway. You know, it's still kiss. There's a lot of things that happen behind the scenes, and that's. But honestly, at the end of the day, that's business. You know, and it's our business whether we want to contribute to it or not. It's your money. They're not forcing you to spend your money. You don't have to spend it, and that's cool. But enjoy <laughs> it, and that's what. So you know you can't really knock that when people start knocking it and 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 making fun of it. But if you think about it, you know, man, with with Bruce and Eric, they were they were lighting things up. You know, back in back in the eighties, up until you know, unfortunately, to Eric's passing. But Revenge Two is an amazing album. You know, so you look absolutely. At, but unfortunately, it came a little too little too late. They already a lot of damage was done. Same thing with Creatures. Creatures came in. Unfortunately, right on that that swing of Dynasty Unmasked, they already had lost a lot of people, and they put their best foot forward, and it was a little too late, unfortunately. But um, you know, so that was our thing for Kiss Nation. We wanted to celebrate all of Kiss, not just you know, not just the core four, because all right, now we now we're basically a stock version of everybody else, and and I would never I never wanted to do that, you know. So I was trying to always find different ways even with the toy design stuff let's go let's go everybody's going left let's go this way. let's go right you know let's make a u-turn if everybody up <laughs> <laughs> now you talk about working with gene simmons you did a bunch of appearances with him where he was promoting something and you were there in the costume and makeup and he was there as business suit gene there's got to be some good stories from that well yeah i was his uh i was his doppelganger yeah i was his, you know, his <laughs> It was really funny. I remember we we would we would show up and he would tell people well, no makeup, and then he goes, "But I got a guy who show up in makeup and I'll talk." So it was kind of like Emperor Palpatine and Darth Vader, you know. <laughs> uh, like Gene would sit down like Palpatine and do his interviews, and I'm just standing behind him with my arms crossed like Darth Vader. <laughs> <laughs> You know what, you're really, you're hitting on everything that's been fun about the 70s because you talked about Kiss and Star Wars. We got Darth Vader, you got professional wrestling. And I know you're working on a new, a new project that involves kind of all those things. I'd love for you to share the information about that. Oh, yes, absolutely. Um, well, you know, some, most people know who know me, uh, I came from a professional wrestling family. So my mother, my father, my uncle were all uh, luchadors. And then I followed their steps for a number of years. But due to neck injuries, I had to stop, unfortunately. So, um, you know, working within the toy industry and then growing up on the stuff like Voltron and He-Man and Thundercats and Star Wars and Star Trek and all these great things that were sparking imagination, I, I said, man, I wanted to do something cool. And, and I actually designed, a, uh, I designed it as a toy line first, and it was called Super Group Go. And... There were four masked characters that were a rock band on Earth. They were Earth's biggest rock band, but they were un they were bounty hunters for the universe. So they had like the, this dual life, and they're all teenagers. So it's it, in a sense, it's like Power Rangers meets Kiss meets Voltron meets Godzilla meets Star Wars. <laughs> kind of like I took everything we grew up on and threw it in a blender and hit mix, and so. While they're rock stars and they have, much like Kiss, nobody knows what they look like because they all wear masks. And then uh, their instruments... Which, which, which people, can't, people can't tell because we're on the radio, but you are wearing a lucha mask as we speak. Absolutely. 
<laughs> I wear my father's Lucha mask everywhere I go and every interview I do. And um, so their instruments become weapons as well. Uh, the the and then there's also their instruments also band together and make a giant robot called Rody. So it's all very music and uh, art art related. Um, and uh, each uh, each book is, right now is in comic book form because I'm building audience and in hopes to make it into a live action television series. So uh, each each uh, time that they do a they do a, they complete a mission and they catch capture the bad guy. They end up doing a rock concert for whatever planet they're on, and we're working currently. Uh, we did we did a book with um, with with famed luchador uh, Ricky Banderas, who also wrestles as Mil Muertes on Lucha Underground on the El Rey Network. You can catch him. The guy's a monster. He's like six foot one and probably as wide as I am, like two of me. He's like he's all muscle. He's a huge guy, and. Um, he loved the concept and he came on board and he was the main bad guy for the last comic book, which is on comicology, all the books on comicology. Um, so he came on as the main, main bad guy and we did a bunch of uh, stuff in uh, Vegas for, to promote the book, which was great. And, uh, you know, so it's kind of like the idea for it is, you know, each character has their own fighting style. So you have the drummer who's a martial artist yeah, there's two females uh, guitar players. One's a gunslinger. The other one's a sword fighter. And then the, the bass player, obviously, is uh, <laughs> is a wrestler. <laughs> so where can everybody find this? I mean, I think people are going to be dying to see it after hearing that description. Where can we go to get it? Comicology. Um, well, it's all you put in Supergroup Go on Comicology, and it'll it'll pop up. There's currently three issues working on issue number four. Uh, right now, and uh, issue number four is going to be great because they're fighting, um, they're fighting the classic Universal style monsters. So in this episode, they're fighting Dracula and uh, the Mummy, Hunchback, uh, Quasimodo, the Frankenstein monster, and Phantom of the Opera, and as well as the creature from the Black Lagoon. Wow! So, yeah, the, the the idea behind Supergroup Go is really to kind of. Uh, uh, introduce a new audience to the things that we grew up on uh and the things that are kind of slowly fading away you know if you think about it you know uh so i wanted to kind of like so the book starts off it's going to start off in color and then when they land on the monster planet it turns to black and white well you know one thing i love is that you are bringing a lot of these cool things even to a younger audience and i know you had worked on a like a children's book as well talk about that absolutely yeah uh rock and roll brat and the kids um, which is great. And uh, it's uh, Rock and Roll Brat and the Kids is about four little kids who have adventures through um, their imagination. So they, they have these big, grand adventures. I work on book two right now. Book one was really well, well received. Uh, and Fran Stuber from uh, uh, Paul Sandy's Guitar Tech, he agreed to be in the book. So he actually announces the band, and the band does like this big rock concert. And then you see on the next page, there's not really a rock concert they're playing with like, you know, baseball bats and tissue box guitars for their stuffed animals. But in their mind, they were doing this big giant uh, kiss like concert. And so each episode, each book like that. And that's actually I'm actually gearing that towards an animated series as well. Um, so that's kind of almost like a Muppet Babies Rugrats kind of a vibe, you know, where they have these great adventures. And then they you know, you see that it's really like their closet. 
<laughs> you know, I think in all of our minds, even if we just have boxes and, and uh, cardboard cutouts, we're all doing a big kiss concert in our mind. I love that. It's really fantastic. Yeah. I mean, it's funny because that was kind of the, you know, me and my cousins, we used to take baseball bats and do like put on a live. And, <laughs> and then oddly enough, years later, me and my cousin started an original project together called Revolt. And uh, and I remember one time we were on stage playing, and it's all original music that we wrote. And one time we were playing, and I and I walk over to him and I go, "Man, this is a long way from baseball bats in the living room, huh?" <laughs> Woo! Well, I really appreciate you sharing all that. I, I think uh, it's fantastic stuff, and I think everybody's going to be super interested in finding it. Um, again, thank you for for helping us with the giveaway of those mini mates. And I want, I want to announce now we have a winner of our KISS puzzle giveaway. Thanks to Tom Hope, who provided that prize. And Carlos, you are going to announce our winner right here in the KISS room. Hannah Rog. Congratulations, Hannah Rog. You are the winner, winner, chicken dinner. Enjoy the puzzle. I love puzzles. Puzzles are a great way to like kind of escape and just not do anything crazy for the like. A couple hours <laughs> especially during all this time of kind of being quarantined i think everybody could use a little distraction so well there's other uh, if you guys want to watch some great stuff i've been working on uh wrestling with joey licious me and joey uh joey casada from my old kiss nation bandmate joey is a great guy and he yeah. i just ordered his book it should be getting here any minute so it, yeah if you watch um it's on amazon prime it's called wrestling with joey licious you'll see me I'm like, you remember the honeymooners, that one guy that was like nine extras? That's me. <laughs> I'm like, I'm the guy, I'm this guy, I'm walking by, I'm the nurse. I'm like, I'm, I'm like, you know, I'm like the everything guy. So I'm, I think I'm two rolls away from catching up to him. <laughs> <laughs> well, Carlos, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us. Is there any last minute words you'd like to share with the Kiss Army? Yes, guys, in this trying, crazy time, I know this sounds corny, but really be kind to one another, really be understanding, and uh, check in on one another. Everybody can use a friendly voice over a text message or a, or an email, so or, or a Facebook like, you know, just pick up the phone once in a while and just uh, say hello to your loved ones and your friends, make sure they're doing okay. Carlos, I really appreciate it, and you're listening to Monco Radio, where music and minds meet.
Kiss Army, thank you for joining me in the Kiss Room. I want to thank Cameron Duty, Britton Mitchell, and Carlos Espada for taking the time to chat with us and share their stories. I want to thank Josiah Horn for letting me share his latest song. Again, I want to urge all of you songwriters and musicians, everybody out there, to send us a song for the Kiss Room Demos Project Volume 6. I would love to have all the songs by around Thanksgiving so I can play them on the December issue of the Kiss Room. If you have any questions, go to thekissroom.com forward slash demos. A huge shout out to the Kiss Room House Band for delivering yet another amazing set of music. I really can't thank these guys enough for sharing their time and talent with us every month. And thanks to you for listening. Thanks to everyone who shares the links to the show, who sends me their feedback, who just lets me know they're enjoying the Kiss Room. I really appreciate it. The Kiss Room will be back on October 9th as we gear up for Halloween. So mark your calendars for that. And stay tuned to Monaco Radio. The new semester at Monaco means the return of many of your favorite Monaco Radio programs, as well as the debut of new ones. You can hear Candy's Kiss Corner every Saturday morning around 10 o'clock as part of Time Bomb Radio with John Weinberger. There's tons of other great shows that you're going to love. And if you stay tuned right now, Seriously Zappa is up next. Thank you to everyone who is part of the Kiss Room. And you're listening to Monco Radio, where music and minds meet. You have been one hell of an audience tonight. Why don't you give yourselves a round of applause? I'll tell you something. You know, a lot of bands like to brag about their fans. Now, naturally, you better believe we brag about you, but we want you to know something. We want you to know, we know that you are our fans, but don't you ever forget, we are your fans, we love you! Thank you for listening to The Kiss Room. Stay tuned to Montco Radio. Any last minute crazy things you want to say to conform with expectations? But I will say something to anybody out there that's, you know, the weird guy or the weird girl that always has the weird things that they do that their friends put them down for. Don't think it's so weird. Maybe someday somebody will let you give you the chance to make a living out of it. You just stick to it. You'd be weird. Bro, this party is awesome. Thanks, babe, brother dude. Just let me one of those Romney and Ales and it will be even more kicking. I haven't seen you in a while. How you been? It's great to see you again. Maybe we can go to the comic book store and then sleep over at each other's houses. That sounds like a blast. Hey, is that guy drinking out of his sleeve? <laughs> Looks like that way. That reminds me of that strange dream I had the other night. You were there and Ace was there. I was dreaming that there was a radio station that played future music. And at midnight, they would play nothing but awesome 80s metal. Dude, you're dreaming about Monco Radio. The Future Music Show is on every Saturday night at 11, followed by Midnight Madness at 12. Hey, brother dude, that sounds like a dream come true. It is a dream come true. 
You are listening to Motco Radio, where music and minds meet. Did you know that one in 12 college students makes a suicide plan, and for every suicide, there have actually been 25 other attempts? Did you know that suicide is the second leading cause of death among 20 to 24-year-olds? But with help comes hope. You are not alone. If you or a friend is considering suicide, talk to someone. Call the National Suicide Hotline today at 1-800-273-8255. This important public service message is brought to you by Montgomery County's Suicide Prevention Task Force and Monco Radio.